You're listening to Unfiltered, the podcast. On Unfiltered, we bring you conversations of empowerment with entrepreneurs from all walks of life. We take off the filters and take you behind the scenes, uncovering the lessons, stories, and nitty-gritty of our guests' journeys across different sectors and niches. I'm your host, Aisha Addo. Welcome to Life Unfiltered. What's happening, beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of Unfiltered, the podcast. I'm your host, Aisha Addo, and today we are chatting with Miss Edem Adaho. Miss Edem is a writer, a multiple award-winning human capacity developer, an educator, and a traveler who is passionate about helping people take steps in the direction of their greatness. She recently started hosting immersive learning retreats for high-achieving women. She is a Ghanaian who splits her time between Ghana and Iceland. She shares personal and professional development lessons and tips on YouTube and hosts the Vamijo Travel Podcast, where she helps shape the positive narrative of Africa by talking to Africans and non-Africans passionate about traveling Africa and the world. This is going to be, as always, an insightful conversation because not only did we talk a little bit about travel, but we talked about mentorship among many others. Prepare yourself for the unfiltered journey of Miss Adam. This is Unfiltered. Welcome, Miss Adam, to the Unfiltered Podcast. We're so happy to have you here and really cannot wait to hear all about your journey and just all the amazing things that you do personally and some of the lessons that it has taught you. So for those that do not know you, can you please tell us who Miss Adam is exactly? Thank you so much, Aisha. Thanks a lot for having me. I have a great deal of respect and admiration for you. So it's an honor to be on your podcast. So thank you. Wow. what You make it sound so formal, Miss Adam. Like one of my students will call me. <laughs> but, uh, so I am Ghanaian, but I currently split my time between Ghana and Iceland. I am a writer, an educator, and a traveler. That would be me in a nutshell. How are you able to merge those three things mm-hmm. together? Like, how do they intersect with each other? Like, from your writing mm-hmm. to your education and to traveling aspect of you? So, the reason why I actually try to make it really brief is that I'm a super passionate person. So, I really have to discipline myself to just go straight to the point and say this without trying so hard to explain what I did and what I didn't do and how I came here. You know what I mean? So that's why I gave that brief answer. But as a child, I always wanted to be a writer. You know, I was just fascinated by books and I just love to write. But then of course, growing up in Ghana, you have to really trick the adults that you're either going to be a doctor, a lawyer or something else. (laughs) So I always knew I wanted to be a writer. I was just really fascinated by the magical worlds that books took me. So I have since gone to write two books. I'm actually working on my third and fourth. Oh, wow. Um, The first two books that I wrote were on graduate development issues. So the first one is called Your Degree Will Never Be Enough. And then the other one is called Global Graduate. So as an educator, I started off actually coaching young African graduates to be relevant for global opportunities because I studied in Ghana for my undergraduate. And then I went to the UK to study for my master's. I actually did study travel and tourism. 
But when I came back to Ghana, I just noticed this gap. And then every time I listen to the news or even discussions on radio, the common theme seems to be graduates are not ready for the job market. And this took me back to my own time studying at university. I think maybe my first or second year where I had um, a chance encounter with one of my lecturers. She came to teach us and then she asked us, do you guys know how to do CVs? Do you know how to prepare for interviews? And we were all looking at her blank face. And she said, okay, come back in the evening I'm going to show you how. And that was a light bulb moment for me. And I, I just kept thinking, how about friends who were not able to come for this session? How are they going to figure it out? How are they going to learn how to do CVs? This was pre, you know, internet where you could pretty much Google everything. Mm -hmm. So I just said, you know what, I'm going to be that person who would learn a lot more about this so I can help others prepare for opportunities. And then it was a snowball effect. Then, of course, uh, we were asked to go, you know, look for internships with letters. And I remember a friend going to a hotel and they told this friend that oh we don't we don't do tourism here i'm like what are you talking about <laughs> this was said in, in trees so tourism and i just thought oh my goodness so i said okay i'm gonna teach people how to do cvs i'm gonna teach people how to prepare for i'm gonna learn how to do that and i'm also going to organize tailored internships for them so that's how the education bit started and then of course when i went to the uk was always spending time in the career office volunteering for opportunities even though i I was still studying tourism. I was still, you know, dipping my feet into the world of human resources. And then I came back to Ghana when I felt that the tourism industry wasn't ready for my skills. Yeah. Because again, I went to study to be ahead of this whole trend. So I studied e-tourism. And so, yeah, I said, okay, I will set up shop and start helping people. And I started with my own friends, helping them, you know, ace interviews and people will come back and tell me, oh, all the questions that we practiced, it came. And I'll get them to dress like they're going for interview, how they walk into a room, give them feedback. And yeah, so that was how the educator part came through. And then of course I did two years after I started my business, the British Council came calling and I ended up uh, being a consultant for them for like 10 years. And then that evolved into other projects with the British Council, being an intercultural master trainer for them, sitting on panels to assess people who were applying for the Tulu Oil Scholarship Scheme. Quite a number of projects that I did for them. And then of course the traveler bit, I studied geography at school, studied tourism, and I'm just a nomad at heart, I think. So, yeah. Wow, like that is so impressive, like fascinating all at once. Because it sounds like you've been able to merge all of like your passions together. And like, of course, in different ways, but then they're all connected. Like, you know what I mean? And it's interesting mm -hmm. that you mentioned how, you know, someone will go to a hotel for an yeah. interview, an internship, and they said they don't do tourism. Meanwhile, like tell industry in itself is part of like, you know, tourism. So education is something that I find that a lot of times people don't really like, you know, we always look at education as like the formal sector, like you get what I'm saying, mm -hmm. but then we don't see the value of like informal education because like some of the stuff you're talking about that you share with your students, these are mm -hmm. things that in a way should be thought at school, but that mm -hmm. you, you don't get, like, you know, this is something that like is even here, not even just in Ghana or like in developing countries across the world. You see that like the skills and stuff that people need to thrive in, you know, the world are not stuff that are necessarily thought within the whole corners of the classroom. So it's really, really important that, you know what I mean? You talked about that. I want to talk 
a little bit about your degree will never be enough. So I can imagine that the process of writing that stemmed from, you know, the things that you were seeing within, like, you know, the education system or like even in Ghana or just how people were not necessarily prepared for the real world, quote unquote, right? So what were some of the things that you'd say that you'd say to graduate or students in regards to they have to like continuously learn when they get their degree or when they finish school that doesn't mean learning is over like what would you say to that yeah thanks a lot Aisha so the thing is I actually wrote that book because a lot of people were coming to me for mentorship and again beyond the classroom I realized that they needed to know even certain things before I would consider mentoring them you know like they had to meet me halfway so to speak so for me I felt that of course school was not necessarily teaching people about values you know their values in life I mean most of us adopt values based on what our parents have or guardians have taught us or what we've grown up evolving around so things around values knowing your value because ultimately that will guide the decisions and the choices that you make so values having a vision for your life ultimately will feed into that even communication skills beyond just you know uh, speaking good English and grammar how are you writing how are you presenting nonverbal communication if enthusiasm who teaches you how to be enthusiastic you know being enthusiastic being a lifelong learner having confidence you know for doors and opportunities to open for you also networking not just for starting a business or anything but even getting job opportunities how you relate to people uh, emotional intelligence so things along those lines and of course um, I also do talk about social media because it's a big part of our world right now so how people conduct themselves on social media and um, yeah and also having a mentor and because we all know high performing coaches and even executives have mentors and coaches so making a deliberate effort to know that you are responsible for your own learning and you're seeking out the people the resources or even investing into the path that you choose for yourself to be whoever you know you want to be based on your values and your vision so those are some of the things that I talk about or I share with them and of course being globally relevant and being commercially aware like business and commercial awareness because there's an example that I gave in the book a while back I remember going to deliver a session at uh, one of the universities in Ghana and I asked them what they wanted to do post-graduation and one gentleman said oh I want to be a sports journalist and I said oh great so I asked him what, what business magazines are you reading or what are you listening to and he said no 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 I just want to be a sports journalist I'm like do you know sports is big business do you think the Premier League is sponsored by other people because they just want to throw cash around like if you look at a football player from whatever they are wearing like everything is business so what are you talking about season tickets costs like a lot of money so people assume that oh I'm going to do this career I don't need to know anything about business but it's related and also for me beyond having the skills to get jobs another thing was I found most companies you know coming to Ghana and sometimes or even most parts of Africa because I've done quite a lot around the continent that they have to sometimes bring their own talent or you know hire or headhunt people from other places and local talent is not like really ready enough so for me it was going to the basics stripping it bare and then building from there so yeah that was my thought process with that it's really really interesting because like you touched on an industry or like a sector that a lot of people talk about but don't go in depth about if that makes sense right and like even as you were speaking you spoke about something that was very very vital which is around mentorship like mentorship is something that is thrown around a lot like a lot every single day I hear someone saying get a mentor be a mentor whichever one of it and like even for me like my organization is recruiting for mentors right now I want you to like speak on the value of mentorship or the importance 
importance of mentorship. And you talked about something that I think a lot of times people forget about, which is the aspect that it has to be a two-way street. And like that person has to meet halfway. There's always this like assumption that like, oh, if this person becomes my mentor, then it means that like, oh, you know, they're going to tell me what's like, there's, you know, my coach or like, you know what I mean? And it's like, they tell me this and then all of that stuff. But reality, it's really not like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? So if you can shed some light on what mentorship is for those that do not know, and then what are some of the things that you have learned so far about the value of mentorship, especially let's say students or like even like individuals, entrepreneurs that, you know, are going through the process of like discovering themselves and discovering their purpose, how mentorship plays like a vital role in that. So her mentorship is for me is a big deal if you're able to find the right mentors, you know, mm-hmm. and of course things are changing, things are evolving. Ideally, if you can have someone who you want to follow the path that they followed or you want to learn something that they know that obviously they can help you navigate your own career or even personal trajectory then of course you find someone like that who is able to guide you hopefully you have a shared sense of value but like you said the mentor is not going to fix your problems or is not going to just present everything before you one thing that i've found is that people think the mentor should you know do the work should hold them accountable should Mm -hmm. be chasing after them and for me it doesn't work that way it has to be you want the mentorship you want the person to coach you you want the person to guide you so the enthusiasm the effort all of that the persistence has to come from the other person who needs it more because ultimately it's the person that you even end up mentoring has the way of rubbing of you for me all the people that I've mentored in the past and we've gone way way like deeper into a certain level of mentorship beyond oh check this article out or check this thing out or check this podcast out they've ended up inspiring me so ultimately I see mentorship as a way that ultimately should be mutually beneficial you know your mentee so to speak should even inspire you also you should look back and say wow I'm even learning from this person you know Mm -hmm. this person is inspiring for me that's what I seek out in the people that I mentor do they have the desire to grow that I can also ultimately learn from them I should coach them and they have the permission to pass me Mm -hmm. you know wherever they're going and I should look up to them and also learn from them you know so for me I found a lot of deal breakers people don't make the effort with mentorship yes they will seek you out once you've given them permission or you've given them access to you then they tend to take things for granted a little bit they don't put in the effort as before but for me if you want someone to mentor you and especially if it's going to be in person face to face or however you call it you need to make the effort and besides that there are people that you don't have access to so you can read their books maybe they have something online check that out if you want someone to mentor you in person and maybe it's a free thing it's not it's not paid for have you consumed all their books have you read all uh, their interviews have you like have they been featured on a podcast have you listened to them you know what is it what is it that you can learn from them behind the scenes before you even approach them so I hope that people will approach mentorship with a certain level of um, readiness and then also sometimes the person is not there you don't have access to them but they have all these resources and you can also learn from them and you know walk the path that they've blazed for for you but people need to make a bit more effort in terms of reaching out to people for mentorship and these days there's a lot of answers there so people need to do the work and not waste people's time you know like they will ask you oh how can I do this you haven't googled it you know to even see through the five ten things that you've answers that you've seen for you to say okay um, maybe I read you five different articles that talk about the same thing that I want to go and ask my mentor but can I go to this person with a different perspective 
perspective with my own take. But if you don't do the work and you come and ask me, oh, how can I find this? Then for me, I think that's just being lazy and there's no enthusiasm right there. So yeah, that's how I see mentorship. I hope I've answered your question. No, that's actually a really good way of putting it because I think a lot of times people don't get the fact that like, like you said, it is a two-way street in this day and age of technology and in this day and age of like, you know, information overload, like I normally like to call it. Like you always have to be able to do the work. Like you get what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You have mm-hmm. to be able to do the work for yourself. And I think maybe like in a way to to keep it simple, like a mentor is supposed to keep mm-hmm. you accountable. Like you get what I'm saying? Like, but you're not supposed to do the work for you. Right. So I think that's kind of like a lot of folks have like this expectation that like, oh, this person is my mentor. Like, you know, I mean, people throw that word around a lot. Like this person is my mentor. This person is my mentor. Yeah. Okay. But one, what have you learned from them? What have they learned from you? How are they supporting your learning journey? Like it's a two way street. It's never like a one way kind of like in one person just taking it all and and say, oh, this person is my mentor. Meanwhile, your quote unquote mentor is probably feeling like, actually, no, I'm not. Also quickly, um, mentorship, again, you said the word gets thrown around a lot. You have to be very clear about your expectations, you know, and communicate that to the person. If it's going to be, of course, if you have the luxury of a face-to-face mentorship kind of relationship, if it's someone you're just interacting with online and they don't have any direct access to you. The reason why I say this is that I think a few years ago, I I sought out mentorship from somebody and I thought this person, because I wanted to do certain things in Africa and I thought, okay, they've done, well, they've worked in different African countries, so it would be good to connect with them and learn the ropes and understand the culture of those places through this person. And all they wanted to do was, can you bring your camera and come and take a photo of me? Can you come and do this? Can you come and do this? And I understand that, okay, you also have to give something, but then they were treating me as if yeah, you know, I thought, okay, thing is a waste of my time. And even if I had to, and I, I called this person out on this. I said, you know what? Um, and I even asked, is this a right time to do X, Y, Z? And said, oh, you're always asking if it's a right time. I said, look, I'm a business person. Um, I'm, I'm, I am, I am busy. If you're asking me to come and do, we had this relationship where we could communicate like that, but I felt that I wasn't getting what I signed up for. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to go and take the one off, you know, photo and all of that, but I'm, what am I also getting in return? And yeah. I, I just to let it go, you know? So yeah. Yeah, no, that's actually a really good point around expectations. Because I think a lot of times when people are seeking out mentors, especially like even for like entrepreneurs, you know, of course you have to get someone that can show you the receipts and like, you know, has the track record and like all of those things. But you have to be open and honest in communicating your expectations. Because if you're going into that mentorship relationship without expectations or knowing exactly, okay, this is how this person is going to like, you know what I mean? Support me. This is how I'm going to support this person. This is how we're going to communicate. This is the channels we're going to use to communicate. Then it makes things a bit easier. Like, of course, like, you know, sometimes people don't like the whole formality, but in all honesty, it, it avoids awkward situations. It like, does. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, because, like, knowing myself, if, like, you know, I show up, like, you know, one day I'm like, all right, cool. This is nice. Like, we can get to talk, you know, I'll take photos of you, da 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 that's fine. That's an exchange. But then when that becomes kind of like a habit, then it's like, nah, like you do, like you get what I'm saying? Like that's, 
that that it's it's kind of like where do you draw the line right so i think that's actually something that a lot of folks don't talk about so thank you for sharing yeah. that and shedding light on that actually and another thing just quickly before we move off on this um when i said that your mentees ultimately has to inspire you the people that i have mentored in the past or i continue to mentor they might even see maybe i posted something on instagram they will reach out to me and say oh i think maybe there's a typo in this thing they will look out for me or they see an article that is something that i am interested in they are also sharing that with me so it's nice to see that and you're not just always on the giving side but they also you know add bring value to you also and i think that is nice as much as you're pouring into people it's mm-hmm. nice if they so also do that but i think a lot of the time people are just on that one side trying to just yeah. receive no yeah that's actually that's facts that's so true i think you mentioned something earlier too around kind of like you know sometimes your mentor doesn't have to be someone that you've met right you can get coaching you can get mentorship or you can be inspired by someone's book or you can be inspired by someone's work like you know what i'm saying like i think we, we live in this generation where people feel like you know they are entitled to someone's time and that's not the case like you're not always entitled to someone's time like you get what i'm saying like when i receive like requests to folks that say oh like you know i want you to mentor me i'm like all right cool send me you know what are your five pressing questions and i'll answer them and in most cases you wouldn't get a response back because yes people expect me to like you know what do you mean like give me my five like give me your time like no my time is valuable the same way that yours is so i think that has to be like because a lot of times i i know that like we preach mentorship a lot like in every sector in like business and i don't know if as a result folks have become entitled to think that like if you ask someone to be a mentor they're supposed to like they're not you have to you have to end my time i totally get what you're saying even not long ago um when this whole thing lockdown and stuff was happening i remember i'm um, saying okay how can i serve other people maybe someone wants to write a book they want to start a podcast or they want to write online courses and those are things that i have expertise in so i could help them so i just put a post out there thoughtfully to see you know who reach out. some people reached out and other people reached out and they were trying to give me times that work for them some i said okay i can manage it but i, I also said what is your motivation for maybe starting a podcast or wanted to write a book and some never go back to me so how are we going to you know start the conversation they, they assume that oh you know you're offering this thing for free let me just you know so that sense of entitlement well it's your time you want to offer whatever i i don't have to answer you so you're absolutely right people are feeling a lot more entitled than they should your time should be end absolutely right i'm so happy that we talked about this mentorship because this is it's something that we talk about a lot like i talk about a lot with my guests around mentorship and like if they have mentors and stuff like that and i think this is the first time that we've actually gone in depth to address like mm. some of like the challenges around like being a mentor right and like some of like of course there are a lot of highlights and then like you talked about like even your mentees like inspiring you and stuff like that but i think for anyone listening like some of the key takeaways that i want them to leave with when it comes to mentorship is that like you know you're not entitled to someone's time you should like you should definitely like respect that person's time and i think it's also always setting those expectations we talked about like you have to know what exactly it is that you want to get out of that relationship and then it should never be a one-way street because no relationship should ever be a one-way street so thank you thank you thank you so much for that (laughs) now i want to talk about the traveler aspect of you like you mentioned that you are a nomad at heart so that means that you love to travel um 
more than anything. So what are some of the lessons that your travels has taught you so far, like in regards to, you know, your business, in regards to your career? Of course, you did study travel and tourism. So there is also like a different aspects that you come at it with. But how has that all shaped you up into like the person that you are today? For me, travel, it has one thing, one thing that I will be grateful to travel for is confidence, you know, on a personal and professional level, because travel truly does build my confidence. You're put in situations, environments, people, cultures that sometimes you have zero knowledge about and you have to interact. You have to stay afloat. You don't sink. You stay afloat and swim. So for me, if there's anything, I think that's one thing because I mean, I grew up, um, yeah, I was quite adventurous as a child and all of that but at the core I was a bit shy and timid you know I'm not saying travel is the only thing that has contributed to my level of confidence but it's that thing that is always pushing me to you know get into uncomfortable situations you know getting into countries where you don't speak the language but you have to order things you have to you know speak to people you have to find your way getting lost I'm just on this rush when I'm traveling you know this I, I cannot even explain it so for me that's one thing that travel this to me and of course the exposure yeah ultimately the people that I get to connect with on the road as well and learning about myself learning about other people and building lifelong relationships along the way so yeah so one of the things that you had mentioned earlier about travel and confidence was that like you know travel like in a way provides you and gives you some level of confidence and extra confidence I could totally totally relate to that because I remember and it's funny because yesterday I was going through my travel pictures I'm like yo, it's been so life. Like, I didn't know that I would miss the airport this much. But I miss the airport. Like, I miss traveling. And I remember I saw a picture of, like, my very first travel outside of Ghana and Canada, and it was to Costa Rica. And, like, that was the very first time that I had traveled, traveled. And it's so funny that, like, after that trip, when I came back, one of the things that I was saying to, like, all of my friends, I'm like, yo, if you lack self-confidence, go to Costa Rica. They will make you feel like you're the best thing that ever happened to you. So, (laughs) It's very, very interesting that you, you know, mention that. Still in like the area of travel, I know that you have, you know, your travel-based podcast, which is Ramido Travel. So do you mind sharing a little bit about that and what inspired that podcast specifically and some of the guests that you've had so far and who has right. been your most absolute favorite guests today? <laughs> yeah, I'm putting you on the spot and maybe in trouble. <laughs> I will answer that first because I'm still evolving mm. and so I don't have an absolute favorite yet. They all bring different things to the podcast and different stories and unique take on things. So I don't have a favorite yet, but if that changes, I will definitely let you know. Why did I start a travel podcast? So you already know my background in travel and tourism and I have, I mean, evolved into different industries, uh, advertising being one, education, you know, doing all of these things. But the travel has always remained. Even as a training consultant, I'm always traveling to different parts of the world to, you know, train and to coach people and stuff like that. But with my travels, traveling on a Ghanaian passport, it's a different ball game. I mean, the visa processes, the, even just trying to get a visa, even appointments. Like, I, I don't even know where to start with that. So a lot of people ask me how I am able to travel on my Ghanaian passport all the time. 
And I thought, okay, hang on, I could share this with them. And then also when you travel, especially for me, the way sometimes they treat you is off the continent, even on the continent, the way they treat you is different. And this is something that we don't necessarily talk about. And the whole narrative that Africans don't travel. So for me, I wanted to shape the narrative because I told you, I spend half of my time in Iceland and sometimes when I'm watching the news and it's about Africa, it's all negative news. And I think that the continent of Africa is so beautiful that I can have my own media platform where I am sharing the good bits about Africa. The good bits also happens to be travel and it's people and it's culture. So for me, Vamijo Travel was my own way of creating my own platform, talking to Africans or people of African descent or people who are passionate about Africa so that we help shape the narrative. So yeah, that was why I started the travel-based podcast and of course share my travel tips and hats with um, fellow travelers who want to travel to either the continent or they want to explore the world. Wow. No, that's really, really amazing. So for anyone listening that wants to know more about the continent and some of the hassles and, you know, the amazingness of travel, make sure that you check out Vamijo Travel Podcast. It is on all streaming platforms. So be sure to check it out because you've had some really amazing guests. Some of the guests that I've had, I've had Steve Abebio. Steve was actually my first guest. I've had Abebio as the time we are recording, I think um, I have another guest, Florence Edu, she's Ghanaian-American. I've had Wadamaya on there. He's a popular YouTuber. I've had Miss Trudy and also another popular YouTuber from Kenya. Um, I've had um, Pelu from Nigeria, like oh, quite wow. a number of people and the list continues to, you know, to grow. Yeah. That's I amazing. can't wait to add the one. <laughs> anytime, you know, anytime. Like for me, you know, you did mention something very, very passionate about, which is like changing the narrative of the African story. And I think especially like you take, for example, kind of like what has happened in Ghana over the past two years with like year of return and like, you know, the influx of like folks that are are, you know, going to the continent and like, you know, going through that journey of rediscovery. It's it's a beautiful, like, it's honestly a beautiful, beautiful thing. So like, I'm always ready because travel has become like my second love. Like, you know what I mean? Because it just opens you up to so much, you know, you're able to learn new cultures, you're able to experience new things. And like you said, I've not, in all honesty, I haven't done any solo traveling just yet. Spending time with, you know, the people that you love, making new friends. Like some of the relationships that I have built over the past couple of years, was because I travel, you know what I mean? So it's very, like, it's beautiful when you're able to see yourself evolve as a traveler yes. and seeing yourself grow as a result of your travels. So yeah, like travel is like, I love, 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 love. And I love having conversations with folks that are able to merge all of those different sectors together. So my final question for you is what's next for you? Well, I'm a lifelong learner, so, you know, I'm open to learning, growing and evolving. So I've currently transitioned into, I'm still educating people, but I'm doing a lot of things digitally. So whilst the whole world is now sort of discovering online, online thing, I made that transition about two, three years ago. So I'm building online courses. I'm coaching other people to do the same. And I'm hosting also retreats for like-minded people, because as you know, as an entrepreneur, it can get really lonely. And if you're high, 
high achiever or someone who wants to do great things, sometimes you don't always have the support or the network that understands you. Maybe your your friends and your family can like, oh, you're already doing cool. So, you know, if you're not careful, you'll settle. And as women, we tend to nest a lot. So I'm hosting retreats where I'm bringing like-minded women together for us to strategize and plan and find our next steps and be accountable and, you know, um, just strive. So that's, that's what amazing. I'm doing next year. So That's amazing. Please keep me posted on that because that will definitely be something that you know that I'll be interested in. Um, so you're also a YouTuber. <laughs> and I know that like in one of your videos, you talked about power of words. And I'm a very big, big believer around power of words. And it is something that I personally had to come to terms with at a very early age in my career, in my life. You know, our words in itself are powerful. What would you say or like what would be some of the things that you say in relation to that topic and how it affects like, you know, individuals as entrepreneurs, as business owners, or like even like women in general, like and how all of that plays a role in your everyday life and how it can play a role in someone else's everyday life. Yeah, thanks. So yeah, on my YouTube channel, I'm sharing, you know, personal and professional development lessons and tips to help people move in the direction of their greatness. So that's what I always say. But words are so powerful, as you said, and especially as women or even as entrepreneurs, things are not always going the way we want them to go. Mm. And the words that we speak shapes our reality because even just saying, I am tired, of course, if you're tired, you're tired, but just saying it all the time, or if you meet someone who is always telling you, I'm tired, or I'm frustrated, or I'm this, it, it just, you sort of take on their energy when they say that, you know, so our words carry a lot of power. And so for me, I think that we need to be really intentional about the things that we say and to speak life into situations instead of just casually saying things. Or even sometimes we say things that people say because, you know, it's cool to say or it's funny to say. I, I know in Ghana, they will say things like, I can't think far. I'm like, really? I'm a lifelong learner. I think far. <laughs> you know, so even though it comes off as casual, it's funny, then you're also limiting your group. So, mm. You can create your world with the words that you say. It becomes a reality. So we need to be really mindful. And I think the video that you were referring, I said something along the lines of not saying my asthma because I used to have terrible asthma attacks, mm -hmm. you know. So at least that's something I experienced, but I don't own it. Mm. You know, people, say, oh, this sickness will kill me. Yeah, well, it will say my wish is my command, you know. So we need to be very intentional and mindful about what we say because we create our reality with our words. Yeah, no, that is so powerful. And it's very interesting because a couple of years ago, I was at a conference and I was walking up and down. I was actually walking into the conference room and like this gentleman saw me, like he was an older gentleman. He's, Why do you look so gloom? And I'm like, I'm tired. And he said, like, this was exactly what he said. He stopped me in my tracks and said, don't ever say that. And he's like, anything that you say, I am. Like every anything that comes after I am is something that you're owning to. So instead of you saying, I am tired, say, I feel feel tired because then that means that it's fleeting. It's something that is going to go away. And I was just like, I was dumbfounded. I was looking at him. I'm like, dude. And it, it's so funny too, like now that I think about it, because I'm like, damn, like that conversation really and truly changed my perspective. And like, it kind of like connects to what you were saying about like, you know, the ownership, right? When you say my something, that's like accepting that thing as part of you, right? And like a lot of times, like people don't see the value of words. They don't see how important words are. But like, even if you take it from like a religious just standpoint God created the world by his words like you know what I mean like he literally like uttered yes. and then things came to be 
So that like goes to show that like as individuals, we are powerful beyond our own understanding. Like we're powerful beyond measure. And, you know, and this is something that I even say to parents. I get the opportunity of working with um, a lot of parents and a lot of young girls through my nonprofit organization. And some of the things that I hear all the time is like, oh, and my mom said this. And like, you know, my dad said this and my parents said this and my family members said this to me and it caused me to feel like this. And like, I even say that like as much as like, you know, we should be mindful of the words that we're saying to ourselves. Also be mindful of the words that we're impacting into other people. Mm. I know parents that'll be like, oh, you know, they'll say to their kids, oh, you're so stupid, you're so dumb. And then they come home with like D's and F's and you're wondering, why are you not smart enough? Well, because you keep saying that to them, like, you know? So thank you for shedding some light on that in particular. And that's something that like personally, I'm very passionate about. And I always say to folks that like, yo, you gotta be so mindful of your words. And so much so that like, when I'm among friends or I'm among family and I say something that contradicts myself, they're like, y'all, square up. Like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you can't be talking like that. You can't be saying things like that. So thank you for sharing that. And for those that want to, you know, take a listen to that particular video or like all the other videos that you have, how can they find you on YouTube? Or like even just like where in general they can find you and everything else that you do. Yeah, Edema Jaho on YouTube. I'm Edema Jaho everywhere on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram. So I hang out more on YouTube and Instagram, I think. Or edemajaho.com. Amazing. So that is your website, houses everything. So before I let you go, this is a question I've started asking all of my guests. And the question is, if you could do it all over again, would you? No. Oh, what would be different? Of course, there are certain decisions that if, you know, hindsight is always a great idea, isn't it? If I had to, but then again, those decisions have led me to where I am now and I'm at a very happy place. So mm. if I didn't go through all of that, where will be the lessons? You know, where will be the growth? Mm-hmm. Where will be the opportunity? So I don't think God makes any accidents and everything was designed to be the way it is. And I thank God for wisdom and discernment to move forward. So if I had to do it all over again, you know, <laughs> maybe as somebody else, but as Adam, I think that, you know, I'm happy with my journey. So I don't think I have any better idea than God. I'm not saying I've made perfect decisions, but mm. it's all led me somewhere. But if I had to do certain things differently, maybe my choice of friendships or, you know, mm. things like that. Because I was more accessible, you know, things with boundaries, letting everyone in. And some people just come in to just take from you. Oracle speaking, it's like you are a light and the flies are drawn to your light. Mm. But then they are not sometimes necessarily contributing to that light. Those are some of the things that I would do differently but otherwise no it's all taught me things and I'm more mindful now so yeah (laughs) wow thank you so very much for sharing that and like honestly it's been such a pleasure and an honor having you on the unfiltered podcast so happy to see all the wonderful things that you're going to be doing throughout the next couple of years again like that retreat please keep us posted because I know for a fact I would definitely be interested and my listeners would be as well so (laughs) miss Adam, <laughs> you know, if there are any final words that you'd like to share before we let you go, that would be amazing. But honestly, this has been such, such an honor. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Keep doing what you're doing and, you know, keep connecting people. And I really appreciate you bringing me onto your platform. I really, really appreciate it. And I wish you well with everything that you do. And if you need any support from me and if I can help in any way, I would definitely help and support you. So, yeah, so yeah. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> 
thank you. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it, people. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Miss Adam. Be sure to follow her on all social media platforms, subscribe to her YouTube channel, and also take a listen to the Mijo Travel Podcast as well. Before I let you go, make sure that you're following us on Instagram at Unfiltered with Aisha. And the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek. Stay safe, stay true to yourself. This is Unfiltered.